All right, everybody. One down, three to go. But what a game that was. And and if this is what we are in for, this is going to be a special Stanley Cup final. The Avalanche win it. They need overtime to do so, four to three. But what a game. They got three on Andre Vasilevsky in the first period, the first time he's ever given that up. But Tampa comes back kind of like you knew that they would. We've said it so many times that this this game and, and these the games in this series will not be over till it says triple zeros on that scoreboard. And this was a fantastic game. There's a lot to get to in this one. The goaltending, the avalanche shots on goal again, the penalty kill, a lot to like about what the avalanche did in game one going forward. Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans got to be feeling pretty good after game one. Because three more and you are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, everybody. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com, and follow the show on YouTube. Over on our YouTube channel, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and we are your hosts here over at Locked on Avalanche. All right, Kyle, game one. You feel good because they won, and you feel good because of the way that they played. Yeah. It, and, I mean, this is your back-to-back Stanley Cup champions rolling into Ball Arena. They're, I mean, you have to – you can't take them lightly. Right. Especially you you hang three goals on Vasilevsky early, but it's one of those you can't take the foot off the gas. And it's one of those – it's you learn from this experience. Tampa knows this, and they played – they kind of played that to their advantage – Colorado learned this and all the way through the game had to go to overtime. You love the result, but there was a lot of learning to be made in this game one. Um, You can't knee jerk one way or another because this is going to be a hard fought series from both teams. You wanted that first goal. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You always want that first goal, but when you're facing a goalie like Vasilevsky, you really, really want that first goal because yeah. if he, I mean, you saw him get stronger as the game went on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, I gave up three goals, uh, but that's all I'm going to allow and let my team methodically come back and, and tie it. So if you don't get, like, if you struggle to get anything past him early, that's just going to make him just feel stronger and stronger and stronger as as this game went on. And as games after this come on. Uh, so I, I really feel like getting those three goals. And I w- and again, I did uh, locked on today briefly. And I said that there. Like you, you always, for the rest of this series now, that is a confidence builder for the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. If things aren't going your way for a period or a couple periods, you know you can get pucks past him. And yes, yeah. I mean, it was the first period and like sometimes players have to, you know, like we said, as the game goes on and he gets stronger, but you know that you can get pucks past him now. And and it happened immediately for the Avalanche. I think that's huge for the rest of this series. 
And this is the third time Colorado's faced Tampa Bay this season. And it's always been a one goal like yeah. win. It's not been a lot of separation between the two teams. And I mentioned it in the uh, Locked On Avalanche Twitter space. Um, that first period felt like one of those heavyweight fights where they're feeling each other out. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw this, see how he reacts. I'm going to, you know, game plan for that. And that's how that whole first period felt like none of those shots in that first period that got by Vasileski looked like good goals. They It looked like he didn't see them. He didn't react the right way. And you didn't feel confident like, yeah, we beat him. You just felt like, oh, that was yeah. not a good goal. You had so, one that that uh, hit the post. Mm-hmm. I can't was uh, who was it? I don't remember who was it. I mean, I'll just say Nachuskin because he was everywhere. Yeah, it's true. Night. He was great. Um, I could be wrong on who that was, but yeah, the first one was was uh, you know he kind of let the puck get behind him, which I think was on a Nachuskin shot, and then uh, Landeskog was there to kind of like clean up the clean mess. Up. He got that yeah. one. Um, and no, Rantanen shot that puck where it got behind him and Landy knocked it in. And then the Chuskin did have the second goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't sharp in the first. Nope. He wasn't. So, uh, and and we're talking about how he got stronger as the game went on. You know who else got stronger as the game went on for the Avalanche? Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. He, he, he was not really as visible as I thought he would be from the opening puck drop, but he did. Like, as this game got closer and closer to the end and you're in the third period and this thing is tied he wanted to end it in regulation he i thought he he got we're and people are going to talk about vasileski till they're blue in the face tomorrow understandably so uh but from where i stand nathan mckinnon got as strong as the game went on in my opinion and one of those like you mentioned nathan mckinnon getting stronger Watching Kale McCarr get beat, um, on, I think it was goal number two for Tampa it was Bay. Two. Last yeah. yeah, and you could see him quarterbacking from the blue line on how everything was breaking down, trying to adjust, and he didn't adjust all the way. He he let that be a bad beat, and then you see the defense really tighten up from there. Like that first goal was off EJ, and that looked bad, and then that breakdown on Kale McCarr's defensive tandem that also looked bad but then the defense tightened up the rest of the way like tampa bay evened up the shots Mm -hmm. the hits were evening up all statistically this game was even all the way down and to see not just tampa bay figure things out and tighten things up but colorado as well that's something you really want to take in a game too yeah um yeah like two goals you you could have two of those goals back that yeah. first one, yeah, Eric Johnson just—he just didn't knock it aside. He just—he should have. He should—he should have had a better beat on that. And the same thing with Kale McCarr. Like he, McCarr wasn't trailing that play, but he was behind by six inches. Yeah. And and when you have you know the playmakers that Tampa Bay has, that's sometimes all that they need. Yep. And he did. I think he just he he just relaxed for a split second, and then it was a goal. Yep. So, um, I thought uh, early on, like th- this was a a, a hard hitting game. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, Josh Manson was throwing himself around, which was great to see. 40, 40 hits for the Lightning, forty three for the Avalanche. Yep. 
I really wasn't expecting that much hitting. No. How about you? And, and the remarkable thing was it wasn't just hitting but clean hits. Um, yeah. Like Manson was taking some good clean hits. Like, yeah, yeah. Headman had complaints about them, but that's what he does. Um, it was, it was he clean. He does, man. Like, yeah. He, Victor Hedman is one of, if not the best defenseman in the league. He's a whiner. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, like, like, I don't watch a ton of lightning games, but he doesn't like to get touched. And for a guy that's like that big in, in his size, that's like LeBron James, James syndrome that he's got. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. About and, it, that. and for the refs to kind of stick to their guns and not like overcall the game. Yeah. Both teams had three opportunities on the power play. Only one team was able to convert. So yeah. like for it to be that clean of a, called game and like the hits there was nothing where you're like oh that's dirty that's filthy like no oh this is going to carry over there was a lot of respect on both sides on how this was being played other than had been whining everybody kind of understood and there was not a lot of pushing and shoving and it was it was respectable and to see it stay that way even when it became that pressure cooker in the third um that was also very telling and if we get this the entire series I was saying in the Twitter space as well, I, I wish I wasn't a fan of these two teams because if I was just like an observer sitting back, this is perfect hockey. It's great. Great game. Great back and forth. You know, you, you got and fr- from, you know, like your, your average viewer standpoint, you got goals early. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a zero, zero game through two, you know, you had just, and then the home team was scoring goals. So you had the, the crowd that was into it. So from a, a viewership, standpoint i'm interested to see what the numbers are yeah uh, for the ratings i'm that should be out uh the next day but um i I think it was just all around you couldn't ask for for a better game one and yeah we've said it before with the avalanche like we used to, to to dread overtime dread it and I'm telling you, man, I went into overtime feeling good. Not like, mm-hmm. oh, where this is. I didn't think it was going to be over like immediately or because they had that that penalty carryover and they had like 36 seconds left. I didn't think they were going to score off of that. It would have been nice, obviously. But I'm like, I don't know. I just have a, a vibe. It's the it, abs and overtime are different recently. You're the way you handle the abs and overtime now is you're interested to see how it plays out instead of knowing how it's going to play out. <laughs> that's <laughs> which, that's which, the difference in it this yeah, year, which used to be a loss because we knew how it was yeah. gonna play out embarrassingly but, within a but, minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, the man who got that overtime goal, Mr. Andre Burakovsky, we'll talk about him. Uh, we'll talk about the goal we talked about, Vasilevsky. We'll talk about our goalie. How we feel Darcy Kemper did, and then obviously a sound check that we got to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. But first, we're going to hear from Built Bar, and we got the new Built Bar sent to us. And I got to say, man, this might be a favorite. This might be top three for me. Yeah, I'm thinking and, the same. Yeah, uh, they sent us the the brand new Built Bar Mud Pie flavor, and it comes in both. The regular built bar and the built bar puffs. Have you had both or just one? Oh, I I had them both. I wanted to make sure I had a good grasp on this flavor. <laughs> Kyle stacked one on top of the other and ate it like a 
I sat there like this and (laughs) sampled, wrote it down, kind of how it felt on my palate. He he put it into his uh, Bill Barr Excel spreadsheet, (laughs) which spits out a number of uh, a ranking system. Uh, But Bill Barr, they are always coming out and creating new amazing flavors. And this time, I think they might have outdone themselves with the, Mm -hmm. the mud pie flavor. Uh, if you're not sure what mud pie tastes like, if you're a chocolate fan, which obviously we are, th- this thing, I'm telling, like, I f- I'm a big dark chocolate fan. I don't know if you are, like... I'm the opposite. See, like, my wife's like a milk chocolate fan, and uh, over, my palate has evolved over the, mm. over the years, and I'm more of, like, a more bitter milk, like, or dark chocolate. I feel like this is more, like, the, the darkest of dark chocolates on this thing, and it's, it's... If you're a if you're a dark chocolate fan, I would lean to the regular built bar. If you're on yeah. the fence on if you'd like it, go for the puff. Yeah. So in the new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100 percent real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. Mm-hmm. And there are only 150 calories and eight grams of sugar. So go to built.com. You know the promo code locked15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Goalies. We talked about Vasilevsky. We don't need to talk about him anymore. That's boring. He's good. We get it. Uh, Darcy Kemper in net. I guess what I mean, if, if you want to go, we have uh, two days in between games. So we'll do grades. We haven't been able to do grades just because it hasn't really matched yeah. up with, with uh, you know, it's been like the weekend and stuff like that. So we will do grades probably for tomorrow's episodes, which I think one of those two days we'll do a crossover with Adam as well. But um, if you want to throw out maybe a grade for Darcy Kemper now, what would you give him for game one? It was a solid B. Yeah. Um, I'm, and this is, you know, we're recording this shortly after uh the game but i i think you know you don't want to give up two goals in 42 43 seconds to let them back in the game yeah but on the flip side of that that's all that that was it you know what I mean? like you shut it down after that um i don't think what did tampa bay have on on net 23 okay yeah. that's an avalanche game how many times do we say that yeah. when the avalanche holds someone to right around 20 give or take plus or minus like two or three. That's an avalanche game. And you saw it like the abs were abs defense was they, they were, they were not letting Tampa get really good looks. They, they did a couple times and Tampa's going to because mm-hmm. they have playmakers, but that first goal where Eric Johnson just couldn't knock it aside or take a better stab at the, at the puck, it kind of like skidded off of his blade and, and went in. I don't put that on on Darcy Kemper. I don't. Um, and the other two, yeah, you can kind of blame Kale McCarr, but the second one, like it, he just needed to get over another, not even a foot, because it did go off the bottom of his skate. So he was he was going in the right direction. It wasn't like he was completely lost on the play. He just that was just a great playmaking play. So um, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm Man, I don't know if I'd go. I'll I'll do grades tomorrow, but he was good. I thought overall he performed admirably, not terrible. Yeah, it 
but when you see Vasilevsky getting hot 200 feet away from you, you yeah. want to really step it up. And I feel like the quality of goals started to get worse. That third one for Tampa Bay was not beautiful no. whatsoever. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm team freaky. Um, <laughs> like right. it, you, you wanted a little bit more um, out of that. And you just felt like the offense is what carried you know, Darcy Kipper's performance. So I, I I would give him a solid B. Um, I wouldn't go so much as a B minus, but it's dangerously close. All right. If nothing else, he's, he's earned his game two start. So we'll see. Well, you don't think so. Oh, he's got it. Don't don't go there now. I, I've no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to play in game two. I'm just saying he probably shouldn't have had game one. Well, I'm yeah, still yeah. of that mindset. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Especially like in hindsight's 2020, if you would have had Vasilevsky breaking like he did early in that first period, you would have kept Frankie hot. Mm-hmm. And I would have been very curious to see how he would have handled the rest of that game. So yeah, I, that's just my two cents. Um, the game winner. I mean, you got to feel good for, for Burkowski. You know what I mean? Like who knows what's going to happen with him after the season is over. We don't really care about that right now. Uh, but if he does things like this, who, you know, maybe Diaz bring him back. I, I, I don't know. But uh, just being a healthy scratch for a handful of games. And then, to, like, this is what he's capable of doing. He, he had a good look. Um, it was a great play. And he buried it. And, and yeah. he, you know, he's a likable guy, and he, but he is a streaky guy. And if he is going to be streaky and he's going to start – you know, his good streak right now, Avs fans will clearly, clearly take that. Because if you're down Kadri, you need someone to – you might need two guys to fill the one role of Nazem Kadri. And Burkowski is going to have to be that guy, at least one of them. And we talked about with Adam uh, having Stanley Cup experience. That's uh, – Burkey's got Stanley Cup experience. Um, mm-hmm. How crucial that is. And I was doing another show – and they asked me um, who needs to step up for the Colorado Avalanche in this series. And I said, with all of the emotion that this team has got, like you felt it all day yesterday leading up to this game, like that that fever pitch, that excitement, that adrenaline, mm-hmm. you figured Andre Burakovsky would be one of them, rallying around his guys like, this is this is my series, this is my team, we could do this. You wanted to see a little bit more out of him. I hated that it had to be an extra time and that mm. overtime. You'd like to see a little bit more out of him, especially you, LOC, but we'll get to you later. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm glad that he got that moment, and maybe we could build off this for game two, and we could have more of that right off the hop in the first period, but I'm yeah. glad he got that goal, and he was able to find the net. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Peter Ball put up a, a comment that they – said in the uh, post-game press conference of uh, Burkowski said he, he woke up at 6 o'clock and he, he just couldn't contain himself. Like he was just so excited to play. And I guess Gabe Landeskog was sitting next to him and he commented, just wait till you have kids. You'll be up at 6 o'clock every day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is 100% true. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, we have a sound check to get to. Let's do that, and then we have uh, individual players, which we need to really kind of call out here and, and 
kind of go through the abs roster who had uh really good games one is just jumping to the top of my list so let's do the sound check uh and if you're new to this and you've joined us because the abs are in the uh stanley cup final welcome and uh, our sound check is a song that kyle and i both pick after an avalanche win or loss and uh we kind of pick a song that best summarizes the most recent game these songs go up on spotify just uh search for the playlist l-o-p-n soundcheck and uh they're on there so follow it when we had two new songs after game two you got two new songs to rock out to what do you got for this one sir it's a great playlist we are listening to it today to pump ourselves up for the game me and my family so it's, it's awesome Awesome. I mean, a full 60 minutes and then some Mm -hmm. against the back-to-back champions. Your Colorado Avalanche had to ride the lightning. (laughs) So who sings that? Oh, it's it's this indie band. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of them. Um, It's uh, Metallica, I think. Never heard of them. Is that what they're called? (laughs) <laughs> They're from San Francisco, really obscure band. Um, I feel like we out. have more. Do you think we have more Metallica songs than any? Well, I mean, we have a couple Metallica songs on there. We have a couple Metallica. But, I think I have two or three Pantera. And yeah. I try and slip Primus in every chance I get. But, yeah. but what, what, just so, what I don't know is what album is that on? Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning, Bob. Is that the name of the album too? Yeah, it's got the right. like the chair on the cover and the that's an iconic album cover. Let me see. Uh, view album. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. All right. Love it's it. like your it's like your boy has a t shirt of all their albums. Yeah yeah. It's um, it's a great album. I know I don't listen to that one all that much. I mean, they have really good songs on it. I'm going through right now. Yeah, fade to black. That's a great one. When was it? '84. I don't know, man. Like I, I like older Metallica, but I like that early. I was never like huge into them. Oh man, I'm the other way around. Really, Master of Puppets and like Kill 'Em All and Injustice for All. See, I can listen to Master of Puppets like when they play it now. Like I just don't like the the audio mix of like way back then it just didn't have like the, the like punch to it so i just can't uh, i love that like motor breath and all oh yeah uh for me i'm going 90s kind of alternative they weren't so much eh, maybe towing the line of grunge but they were more alternative than anything else uh and they're still kicking around today the band live maybe they're no not maybe definitely their biggest song ever and that's lightning crashes. So uh, I, I, I was toying with like, yeah, maybe I'll hold on to this one. And if the avalanche win the entire thing, use it for that. But if the avalanche win it all, like I'm not going to be in that mode where I'm going to use lightning crashes to stomp on the, the lightning while they're down. I have other plans for if, if and when the avalanche win the entire thing. But for now, uh, I have to use, we both went the lightning route. Is that what we're gonna do? Like after every every win, go the. I mean, there's got to be so many songs about lightning. Yeah, we gotta have <laughs> theoretically six more lightning songs. 
to split between us. We'll see. So uh, follow those. Uh, like I said, the, the playlist, LOP and Soundcheck. And those will be on there probably as soon as we're done recording this and you're listening to it, they'll be on there. Moving on to uh, some individual players. For me, man, Val Nechuskin was awesome. Yeah. he. I think trying to think of like going through my head, who was their best player for game one? Um, I think it was him. Like as much as I thought Nathan McKinnon got better as the game went on, um, I think Valnichuskin was probably their best player last night. He he looked great. I loved seeing Newt uh, jump in the play, be everywhere. Like you could tell, he feel he knows where he is. He knows he's in the Cup final. He's in the moment, uh, probably a moment he never dreamed of being in. So hmm. he's really embracing the moment. How I I also like I was torn on like because I was thinking about my player of the night. Mm-hmm. Manson was incredible. Yep. But Lekkinen, I honestly like he might be the like the unsung hero of this series and the whole entire playoffs, honestly. Um, I don't know if we could sing his praises enough of what he's done for this Avalanche squad the entire playoffs. Yeah. And uh I really love Lekkinen's game. Yeah. It's, he's he's perfect for this team. He really is. I thought he played a great game. Um, I thought Landeskog played a, a mm-hmm. great, gritty, hard-nosed game. Um, you had Kale McCarr played almost 30 minutes. And considering that the overtime only went, what, a minute and 30 seconds? Like, it's not mm-hmm. like he, it was – he had a ton of overtime ice time. Um, I thought Bone Byron played phenomenal. Yeah. And he was just – it, it it seemed like he was out there all the time. Yeah, he was out on the ice, and let me look up his ice time: twenty two thirty seven. So they went heavy with Kale McCarr at twenty eight fifty, Taves had twenty five thirty five, and Byram had twenty two thirty seven. Um, nobody else had seventeen. You had Eric Johnson was the next closest at sixteen forty five. So they were it was like a trio out yeah. there and and byram again he's so calm cool collected he knows what he's going to do with the puck he doesn't make dumb mistakes and for someone that's that young playing in the stanley cup final yeah i mean you would you would think he'd be like this giddy little dude who just like can't contain himself and he's just gonna bull in a china shop and just go all over the no he's calm he knows what he's doing he's in control and that shows by how much Bednar trusts him in his minutes on ice. And I have been really loving his game. Like, I'm not apprehensive of him jumping in plays anymore. I trust him. And he's established a trust with the fans and, like, with his play. I love Bowen Byram and mm. everything he's done in the playoffs. It's been absolutely incredible. But I honestly, we will be remiss if we don't mention not just, it's not just a player, it's a unit. That one power play they were able to convert on, absolutely on impeccable, and I probably the best Avalanche playoff, uh, or maybe all playoffs, possibly throughout the season. One of the best power plays I've seen us operate with. Yeah. Um, they took a shot, and yeah. like Lady would sit there instead of like cramming it back, he would reset. 
and that I saw yeah. so many from the slot pass back out and cycle it out. It was incredible. And they were able to convert on it. And it it was just efficient and looked like a machine. And that's what you want to see out of that power play. We harp on it all the time. That and the face-offs. The face-offs still need work. But that power play, if they could continue that, oh, my word, we're going to be a dangerous team. And we will need that in this series. I mean, the last five-on-three that they have, and they got, like, no shots on, on goal. Yeah. Um, and and we, I was on this show. Just just throw it on. Net. I know when you have five on three, you want the perfect look because that's maybe the best look you'll get all game. I get it. But what they were doing, they were doing a couple passes and then firing. Yep. And you you would like you said like if you can collect the rebound and you have a, a rebound opportunity, you take it. If you don't, you still have possession of the puck and you bring mm-hmm. it back out and you do it all over again. And then that's exactly what they did. So, and it was great that they they got the the goal uh, before the first penalty was up. So they yep. still had another penalty. Like, I mean, they didn't score on that second one, but uh, it was just it was it was the best looking power play that that they have had in a very long time. Yeah. On top of that, their penalty kill mm. was chef's kiss, man. Like, yeah. Tampa could get nothing going. Uh, so many uh, cleared pucks from from the abs. It, it, it was just, you, you know, we talk about confidence. I was after the the first one. I was super confident the abs were going to kill any penalty that came their way, um, and they did. I I, I don't remember a, a solid look that Tampa had on any yeah. of their power plays, and they had what three of them? I think right. Yeah, three of them. Yeah. Yep. So. But you're right. The the uh, faceoffs gotta get better, and I'm of the mind to remove Nathan McKinnon from faceoffs. That's where his he's not the best at them. So, um, at, you know, Gabe Landeskog is much better at faceoffs than, than Nathan McKinnon is. So I would kind of reverse that. And this will come around when the grades come around. But hey, Sturm. You're here for faceoffs. It's time to yeah. start winning them. What was he yesterday? He, Let me see. His Whoa. faceoff percent. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. So 17%. Oof. 16.7. How that is even possible, I have no idea. <laughs> um, do you take an eighth of a faceoff? I don't know, but he got a 16.7% faceoff percentage. That's yeah. not good. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, and there's Gabe Landeskog, 56%. He's your best one. So uh, they did put the the big three together again mm-hmm. at, at points. Um, and, I and you know, Miko Rantanen, I thought he played a great game. I did. He was everywhere. Um, he was in good, good spots for good scoring chances. Like, I thought he played a, a really good game. I don't think anybody um, – there's nobody that's jumping out to me that, that played – so poorly where you're like are they in danger to play game two i thought this from top to bottom was was a really good effort against a really good team and the abs for a large portion of the game controlled the pace of play and and tampa's tampa struggled with the abs speed early on they didn't know how to handle it and that was to the tune of three goals they adjusted to it and maybe played a different defensive style 
But the Avs' speed really got to Tampa. And when Tampa started to come back, you could tell they were taking things away from the Avs that they couldn't build up that momentum. The Avs got to figure out a way. They got to know that Tampa's going to play that way in game two and and really stay on the gas because Tampa can't hang with them. Nobody can. No, no teams can really hang with them. So you saw the difference in the first when the Avs were just flying all over the place. Tampa didn't know what to do. No. So And a little, little shout-out to – Jack Johnson, you also mm-hmm. had a good game. There was a point that the only four members of the Avalanche that had a a like plus minus in the positive were, was the three headed monster and Jack Johnson. So mm-hmm. to be in that kind of company, that's that's big deal. So good game for you, JJ. Yeah, yeah. I think tomorrow we'll do grades, um, or if we do the crossover, we might hold off on those till the next day. Yeah, we don't need to tell Adam. <laughs> no. He doesn't need to know. No. no, no. Um, but you got to feel good. Avs up one nothing. Three more to go. Game two is Saturday. We got two days off. Um, so we probably will do a show for Sunday. Would be my guess. So, um, yeah, hang out for that. We'll be back over the weekend. Three more to go, my man. You feeling pretty good? Oh yeah. How can you not? I think that as keep rolling. So. Uh, four to three win. Andre Burakovsky buries it, and the Avs are up one to nothing in the series. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day, everybody. We greatly appreciate that. Go check out Locked On NHL. Make that your second listen of the day, and uh, follow us on all our social medias and YouTube channel. So he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Go Abs, go! Yeah.